0: So Gareth, are you ready for this? Ready for what? Well, just like in D&D, you got to have a session 0. So let's watch channel 0. Bring it. Yes,
1: I'm here too, by the way. <laughs>
0: friends of the podcast. I'm your host, Miles, and welcome back to Inconceivable Media. I am here with Doug, Cam, or as I like to call him, <laughs> CDG, and of course, Ranger Gareth.
2: Hi. Welcome back. It's been a while. When was my last episode? When were our last episodes? Was it Jacob's Ladder? I think mm-hmm. so. No. Or... Remember, we
1: did SCP stuff with Confinement. Uh, that's right. Oh, yes. right. So we're back in the wheelhouse, it would appear, because what was it that we were doing, Miles? Well, we're doing this
0: interesting show known as Channel Zero. And for those of you who don't know, Channel Zero has four seasons. Each one is a different creepy pasta reimagination, is the term I'm going
1: to use. Although something that is... Uh... Well, you mentioned some of those creepy pastas in our previous episode with uh, Jordan. Yes, and
0: I also met, made a little uh, hint to it with uh, Steve during Don't hug me, I'm scared.
1: Oh, yes. Uh, th- ah, well, I wasn't there for that one, so No, I stole the podcast from you. I know. I know. Shame on you. How 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 did you
0: know? Oh, well, I guess you found out by listening to it.
1: Yes, I did.
0: <laughs> I was there in spirit. Yep. <laughs> but we'll be seeing him next week or later this week. Mm. So, Spooky yeah. season. Yes, happy spooky season. We're creeping up on October here soon. So, I guess October,
1: the Do you mean October 31st? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's too early, Cameron. It's like 3:50 right now. It's too, it's too late for to reshoots. We're <laughs> doing it live. So, um, when we started this off, I will say Cam kind of showed up Mostly, well, three quarters of the way through the first episode. But before we started, I actually showed Gareth uh, the creepypasta this this was based off of. Uh, the first episode is based off of the creepypasta known as
2: Candle Cove.
1: Not the first episode, the first season. Yes, correct. The first
2: season. I so, I so I consider myself someone that goes on the internet a lot, and I've read a ton of creepy pastas. So I'm surprised I had never come across Candle Cove before. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little. I bit am too. also surprised by that. Yeah. Because so, this
1: is one of the um this is one the one of the definitive ones, I think you would say, right? One Miles? of the founding texts. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's like the uh, the sixth tablet of.
2: What what did uh, Moses bring Moses. down? We've got commandments. We've got <laughs> creepy internet stories. That, man, this millennial Bible sucks. I mean, it does
0: until you know you realize that it's just like real life, very daunting and depressing. Oh, anyway, so I did show uh, Gareth here the creepy passage. I did actually post it today as well on um, our
2: social medias. It's October twenty first.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Indeed it is. But let's ask the real question here. Before we get into Channel Zero, what did you think about this creepypasta?
2: For me, it kind of touched on, I don't even know how to describe it, almost that technological weirdness. Growing up in the 90s, we all kind of went through the switch from analog to digital. Mm. And that was weird Mm. and probably creepy for a lot of people, too, because... There were things that you would get away with on old channels you couldn't get away with on new channels. Like anyone that's read the old anarchist cookbook, they would talk about how to like hijack phone signals and phone freaking and all yep. that stuff. And the transition from analog to digital was kind of messy for a lot of people. And this felt almost like a bit of a nostalgia trip back to when you would have those channels that were just dead air or you would have TV sets that only had... Set channels on them, and you couldn't go past channel like twenty four, whatever the TV was set to. Yeah, it just kind of brought up those feelings of, I guess, technological nostalgia. It's a good way to put it. Yeah,
1: I would agree. Um, I would also say that as far as um, my relationship with creepypastas go, this is something that I like when it comes to the creepypasta, because like what Jordan was talking about uh during our previous episode there's the whole community aspect of the story is built around a whole bunch of people coming together and talking about something despite the fact that when chris Straub wrote it he like literally posted it as a conversation that had already happened so there wasn't that community engagement that you get now i mean as a matter of fact with the one that we did last week with the Uh, the concrete under the river or below the river because that was posted on reddit people actually you know responded to it and the original poster responded in kind and in character as well so those are one of the things that i like about creepypastas when you have that i'm not as big of a fan of creepypastas when someone just goes and puts out like a Mm, frankly kind of shitty story like Jeff the Killer and similar ones to that. Mandor Handhook.
2: I agree. Yes. I, I think
0: you
1: could say that those ones sink.
2: <laughs> so this
1: yeah, so Candle Cove was good. Yes.
2: Before we before we rip past it, sorry, this creepypasta has an identified author. Yes, yes, Whoa, it hey, does. That, that's interesting. Did you
1: not notice that it kept saying based off of original story
2: by Chris Straub well, I, for every in the credits of every episode? I noticed, but so many creepypastas, <laughs> you either never know the author or it's like a throwaway account on some forum. So the big, like, uh, iconic ones, so
1: Candle Cove, Slenderman, uh, Zalgo, um... And, like, Ted the Caver and those ones Ted's caving page was awesome. Those all have identifiable authors, mainly because they actually came forward after they started to blow up and say, I made this. Please, you know, consult me when you're making, like, other media projects and things like that. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There are other ones that were kind of... Blurred the lines a little bit. But some of those ones, especially in the case of Slender Man, since there were actual, like, crimes committed uh, (laughs) thanks to it, there was very much a, yeah, I I, I own this. And, yeah, I should probably take some kind of responsibility for that.
0: (laughs) I don't think you should take
1: responsibility for what other people do. I mean, you're right. But there is this sort of, like, you know we should calm down now i certainly did not want people to attempt to murder or, or actually murder
2: people because of a stupid story i wrote <laughs> imagine if someone started like went on a stabbing spree and started yelling harry potter spells
1: i uh unfortunately <laughs> i mean if i'm being honest here i don't have to imagine that i can believe that that would happen Oh, God. I remember there was a movie that came out, must have been like 15 years ago, it was uh, like a a Canadian movie, it was called The Hunt or something, Um, and basically it was about a LARPing group, and their LARPing goes bad, and people actually did die in it. Are you thinking of the Knights of Badassum? No, no, this was like an actual, factual, like funded through the Canadian uh, film board and everything. Okay. I think it was a, a Quebec one. I thought I thought it was called the Hunt, but I might be wrong. Someone else will have to correct me on this because I know it because I saw it on CBC. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so then let's uh, let's kind of jump into the
0: this uh, Channel Zero season one um, without talking about the spoilers here. Did you guys like this? Now. I will say that this is actually a long series. You can actually see this on Amazon Prime if you have the AMC stuff, uh, like packs and that. Uh, This was six episodes, 45 minutes an episode, so it came out to like five hours and a bit. Mm -hmm. It's a long series, and I'm really sorry for dragging you
1: guys all through this. (laughs) That's that's, that's not bad. Yes. It's not as bad as... uh... Honestly, I actually thought that it went pretty good. The first episode uh, stumbled a bit, I suppose you could say. It definitely was the one that felt long. But everything else, I think, actually, as far as six episodes
2: go, they went by pretty quickly. I was surprised they got six episodes worth of content after like out of a relatively short creepypasta. That's, that's a lot of content. And obviously they took tremendous creative liberties, but I'm still surprised they took a couple paragraphs and made six episodes out of it oh yeah yeah it's it's very impressive Mm -hmm. i'd agree and it didn't feel clunky like they added a lot of elements that didn't it didn't feel like it took away from the creepypasta it just felt like adding more layers that worked it felt like it worked Mm -hmm. like a good lasagna Which
0: makes me ask the question, if you take two lasagnas and put them on top of each other, do you have just one lasagna?
1: Yes. Yep. I feel like Epic Meal Time did that many, many, many
2: times. You could stack an infinite number of lasagnas. It would still be one lasagna. I don't want to know how difficult that would be to cut. Don't worry about it. That's that's
1: somebody else's problem. We're just here to eat it. (laughs) Okay. At least we're not cutting the mustard.
0: So let's... uh, I think we can basically go into spoiler territory here, because I don't want to give anything away about this.
1: I really don't. This is one of those things that you really have to watch. Despite the fact that it we kind of know what it's based off of. So I mean if anyone has read Candle Cove, because they're old like we are and therefore or also spend too much time online like we do.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you're gonna read it, just make sure you tell your kids tell the kids to get off your long, go back to playing <clears throat> their Danky Kings. <laughs> And uh, sit down and read it or listen to it too, you can do that. But let's go into spoiler territory so we can discuss what kind of music point like this) Welcome back into Spoiler Territory now. Uh, we really hope that you watch this one. At least I do. <laughs> Let's kind of go over quickly what this, uh, this series is about. We all we did say it's about
1: Candle Cove, But that's just the start.
0: Yes. So this kind of takes place around uh, Mike Painter, mm. who is a child psychologist, and he decides to go back to his hometown. How did he become a
2: psychologist so young?
0: Uh, he's n- he's not that young he's actually like 30 I'm
2: wearing off on you it's good ah. but I also
0: called him a painter so gotta add more layers my friend. make signals <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah he returns to his home of Iron Hill, Ohio nearly 30 years after an unknown serial killer murdered five local children one of those people is his twin brother Eddie um throughout it he hooks he runs into his friends that he used to know well oh, people friends. that he was acquainted with before yeah. he left the, that's a better way to put it <laughs> uh, one of which is a police officer a sheriff i should say here and a few of the others are you know like the police or the sheriff's wife and company i guess you could say
1: yeah although he hasn't it, it was the sheriff's wife that he had a relationship with when he was a kid, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, so,
0: all in all, he's trying to find out what is happening here. Because he figures it has something to do with this TV show
1: that he saw as a kid known as Camel Cove. And it turns out that other people in the town watched it too. Or... They know it. They, they are aware it. of it.
0: So, he does kind of start to piece together that this show... Involves all these people uh, most of the people who possibly the people who died, definitely his brother who did die, and these people who are still alive and people
1: that had relationships to the other people that were that did die or the children I should say because it was only children that died yes, it was only
0: children that were killed at that time yeah thirty years ago and uh eventually Eddie the dead. Kid, the dead twin, kind of comes back and tries to get Mike to uh, swap places with him. Now, of course, it turns out that this is all help, all of uh, being, I guess you could say, partially orchestrated by the old English teacher, Miss, uh, not Booker. Booth? Booth, Booth yeah. Miss Booth, Booth, who used to have seizures, but Eddie somehow managed to magically cure. And, of course, kind of I would use the term it infected her mind into making him seem like a, some sort of a god.
1: He corrupted her.
0: Is it sexual innuendo? Well,
1: I don't know. <laughs> oh, corruption, is, I don't know. I, I was kind of more going down uh, the thing where corruption seems to be a thing that happens quite often in like really lame stories and stuff like that in science fiction and fantasy. Makes sense. They're never bad people, necessarily. They
2: just get corrupted. Well, the way they explained it in the show, it was his powers were born from just having suffered such great indignities that he essentially broke the world.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I made that comment at a certain point where I think it was um, one of the new generation of kids was watching it. And I'm sitting there going, these kids must have awful childhoods that this yeah. is what they're doing. Well, that's the thing about kids. Just like
0: my, Mike Painter says, you know, they're like they're like little balls of clay. You can turn them into whatever you want them to. Yeah, and I'm sure many a uh, dictator in Africa would agree. So,
2: Coney 2012. What? You do to remember Joseph Coney. Oh, With, and like they would have those oh, invisible yes. children yes, things, yes. where they would go to the different schools and be like, right, "Stop, yes. Joseph Coney," and then. He just kind of disappeared.
1: Well, and I mean, there's that. And uh, these things still happen, you know, not just in, in African nations, but all around the world.
2: Oh, yes. People get inducted into cults all the time. A lot of times they're adults, too. Speaking of which, what are you guys doing tomorrow? I've got this group meeting. We're meet in the basement. Oh, What's
0: the special drinks well, that make we, you pass out? I was
1: yeah, about to yeah, say, who else, else is gonna who it. else is gonna be there? Don't anyway. worry about it. Just, just a couple friends <laughs> from this
2: focus group. Um. Anyway, I'll see you guys it's, tomorrow.
1: It's not a Bible study, you guys.
2: I... <laughs> Leave your phones at
0: home, but don't ask why. It's okay, guys. Like they're cool. Spelled with a capital K E W L. Oh God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, at the end of this. Uh, it turns out that Mike's brother can kind of manifest himself in the real world through this, uh, as they call it in the, um, the credits, the Tooth Child, where he's a manifestation of teeth and collects teeth from, those, from the people that he's able to influence, I guess is the term I will use, instead of corrupt.
2: It looks exactly <laughs> as horrific as you're probably imagining right now. But we, just Google tooth child if you want something to stay with you while you sleep tonight. In, do want to. in
1: a way, I actually didn't find um, the design of the tooth child too unsettling because, uh, well, once you get a closer look and you actually see that it is literally made of teeth... I at first was just like, oh, it looks like some kind of a reptilian thing because it looks like it's got scales. And then you get closer and you're like, oh, yeah, those are teeth. But again, I just kind of it's it's not it's not as unsettling to me, I think, because of the fact that I have seen so many things in various films or games and stuff like that that take a similar something that has no eyes and like has a gaping mouth or something. And is just like all white with funky things going on that. I just sit there and I go, eh, this is unsettling and disturbing for sure. But I, that's it. <laughs> Gareth, what do you think about
0: tooth child?
2: Um, well, let me just say great dentition reminds <laughs> me of a lamp, right? Because of all the tea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was like a really neat addition to the whole Candle Cove story. Uh, it doesn't, like, it isn't a part of the original Candle Cove creepypasta at all, so it was a totally uh, unique addition. But I thought it was a neat addition. I liked it. Yeah, because every aspect, like, once we get past
1: the first episode where it, closes out with um with mike's mom saying the show wasn't real you would just sit in front of the tv and you would ch- turn it over to white noise and you would just watch that for 30 minutes and which of course is how the creepy past ends too is just like yeah you guys uh great, you, imaginations. great imaginations all of you guys it was something to see for sure and then from there on all bets are off They we're in it's original content from here on out. Yep. Now,
0: uh, this actually had a fairly interesting end to this one. It is something I do think we could go over about now. Because, uh, you know, after the original sheriff gets kidnapped, or not kidnapped, he uh, gets hauled off to jail and relieved of duty because of Because this he whole, kidnapped someone. Yeah, because he yeah. kidnapped somebody. Uh, and...
1: The deputy, the deputy effectively shoots, becomes...
0: The shoots Miss Booth, uh, Booth. Yeah. Sorry, the new sheriff, I guess. Yeah, she got the... Yeah,
1: she's... She, by the time we get to the end, yeah, she's now the new sheriff. I think it feels like that's the implication because she's the one who is in charge of everything now. Exactly. So uh, then, of course,
0: Mike's daughter tells mike's mother to that uh what mike what happened with mike and she goes out and kills him so that way eddie cannot leave but of course this forces mike to remain what did you think about
1: this ending surprisingly happy in a way
2: that's the closest thing we're going to get to a happy ending in a story like this Hey, your evil psychic brother is living in this strange pocket dimension, which also exists inside of you. So it's okay, we'll save your daughter as long as the evil psychic brother gets to go to the real world through your body. It's like. Which, of course, means that if we kill you and
1: you shed your mortal coil before he is able to come into the real world, then that means that he has no there is no more uh avatar that so he's it's can, all good. Yeah.
2: It's all good. It's a ha- it's that's a happy ending. We we killed a child and his twin.
1: It honestly this feels like it crept towards like a, like this could have been a Silent Hill game. So you'd agree with me though that Aang would not approve? Uh Aang probably would not approve of this. He was the last <laughs> Avatar he was the last airbender. That's true. Yeah, no, that this is definitely a spirit that he would probably be all no, no, this one needs to stay here. And I think all the other spirits understand that too. No, don't go there. Don't pay that him a visit. You will regret it. Well, many would say the same thing about the mad poet, but <laughs> Well, it's like when they go off to see that he needs to go see Ko, it's like no one goes to see Ko, probably because you're not coming back.
2: Are we mixing intellectual properties right now? Oh, tons. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: sure. Unbelievable
2: think... amounts. Sorry to leave you in the dark here. Oh, what? You never watched Avatar? Different intellectual property, different episode. Okay,
1: yes, you're right. So you've never seen Avatar, The Last Airbender, or The Legend of Korra?
2: Maybe a couple episodes of each.
1: Okay. And I'm
0: pretty sure you don't know about the the whole story of the mad poet. Nope. Okay.
2: <laughs> I know about the mad trapper. I know about poets that have gone mad in real life, mostly yep. from stubbing their mercury toe or toes. <laughs> <laughs> leave my toes out of this. <laughs>
1: Okay, I'll just go for the teeth. Get some, <laughs> get some more cross uh, content going on there, huh?
2: Lactose intolerant. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, know if
1: you ever said anything about that on your po- cat podcast,
2: did you? Losing the toe. Yeah, that's we are so off. Ta- we are so off track here. Okay, welcome to <laughs> the show where we fun. talk. Go, welcome to the show where we talk about this show, and then and then also I Dang. lost my toe in a horrific accident last September.
1: I mean you brought it up and so we're just going with it. We're just rolling with it. But this yes, I,
2: last September I did shoot off a toe. Whole round of bird shot right through the big toe. Didn't mm-hmm. it fly at least? No, I was aiming for ducks and got my toe. It's yeah.
0: I mean at least you're oh you're compensating correctly, because they should have ducked. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, let's get back on track here. Once we add cameras, the pain will be so much more visible.
0: Okay, so...
2: What else can we really talk and dig into this episode here? Well, the soundtrack well, was mostly uh, forgettable. Nothing really stuck out for the soundtrack. Um,
1: I, it's not that it was forgettable. It's just that it there wasn't a whole lot needed. So it was very minimalist. So there's no there's no specific themes attached to it it's just creepy music to go with the creepy situation that is happening and then move on from
2: there but there are creepy movies that are more atmospheric horror that have a more all-encompassing soundtrack like yeah, yes. the witch is my favorite example because I I feel like it was the witch where they created a new instrument just to make creepy music for it Probably. Um, Sounds like a Robert Eggers thing to do. I've not actually seen The Witch. Oh, why did we? Okay. Well, there's your homework.
1: Well, I was going to say that I have heard quite a few good things about it in terms of, like... I think I remember when I first saw the title for it, I just kind of said, eh... I'll maybe catch that on streaming or something like that, or if somebody else tells me it's good, and then queue a couple of years later when eight more uh, A24 films are coming out, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, if you want to see something that's like good auteur filmmaking, then you go and you see something like that's made by A24," you know, sort of like The Witch, and I'm like, "Oh oh shit, really? That movie was actually good." And they're so like, uh, "Yeah." You should go watch it and find out for yourself. And here I am four years later going, yeah,
2: I'll watch it at some point. We'll
1: get and to Probably that. as another episode now.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, for me, the soundtrack was mostly forgettable. Um, the actual cinematography and the camera work was quite good. Con- again, considering that this was a sci-fi original based on a creepypasta it looked very well put together. Like, there weren't any scenes where I'm like, ah, like, that was done bad. Like, just the actual cinematography was much better than I expected. It didn't feel clunky. It definitely mm-hmm. felt professional. It didn't do that annoying thing that movies do where they tint it all one color to make it look creepier. Oh, look out. We were in a forest that's really grayscale. It, like, it was just very natural looking color palette. Very professional film work. I mean, color theory is a thing, Gareth. I know, but sometimes <laughs> they do it poorly. Like every movie where they go to Mexico and everything is suddenly oh. yellow-tinted. <laughs> We're in Mexico! And it's just all yellow. It's like, ah, no, Mexico's not all yellow, but okay.
1: Okay, yes. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Um, uh, yeah, honestly this definitely feels like it came from a place of love and wanted to explore the setting um or or just kind of add their own you know it's it's fan fiction in a way because we have oh. the bits of candle cove that are from like the original creepy pasta and then everything after that is just your own interpretation of the why Candle Cove existed sort of thing. It's sort of like what the one guy that uh, the mom goes to talk to and (laughs) the one guy who has just spent a little bit too much time online and he's just very uh, not unsettling because you're afraid that he is part of what's happening and more just one of those this person has not interact with people outside of chat
2: forums and whatnot like there's definitely something off there's a bit of social awkwardness possibly brought about by his obsession with the material yes
1: and then all of his fan fiction as he says because he goes and he makes his own episodes based off of what he recalls
2: And that's like that's really good because I wasn't thinking about this show as fan fiction, but you're totally right. I mean, it makes sense because fan fiction
1: is surprisingly pretty normal when it comes to development of stories and especially uh, canons for stories. So uh, King Arthur of Camelot is actually a really good example because the original King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table was him and like five other knights lancelot was not one of them <gasps> lancelot did not exist until like two or three centuries later when Mort d'artoe was uh written i th- i think i'm not remembering exactly and then galahad and gawain they came afterwards like all of the knights of the Round Table that we know of in the 21st century are maybe two or three hundred years old in so terms the story of, of the Green Knight. The is sto- it canon? It is canon, but it's new canon because oh. those the original uh, Green Knight was yeah written in like the the 1700s or something like that, and then was codified like. In the eighteen hundreds or the nineteen hundreds, and then was turned into an actual. Yep, he's a knight, and he's part of the group now. Like, if you look into it, the the number of legit knights, I guess, is like a hundred or something, and you'd have to have a really, really, really big table for the multiple. <laughs>
0: Other that, or a really long month. Or that, yes. <laughs> Gareth just got that. <laughs> so let's get back on top here. I do agree with you that it is kind of a fanfic, and it's, it's like having a hundred
2: thumbtacks
0: slowly inserted into my <laughs> spine.
2: Yeah, it's called acupuncture. Yeah, uh... the times.
1: but go I, with. I mean, my point in saying that it's fan fiction. Is that in some ways I feel that
2: fan fiction should not be treated as such a dirty word. I, I think it's because so much fan fiction was dirty. Like, didn't Yay. Fifty Shades of Grey start off as Twilight fanfic? Um, and Twilight started off as another fanfic. And I knew I, a guy that got in trouble at work about a decade ago for writing erotic Percy Jackson fan fiction. See, I thought that we were. Um, Minotaurs were banging people. Yeah. So the
1: fan fiction that we know of, yes, kind of came out of the Kirk slash Spock type stuff for the original Star oh, Trek. Oh no. Yes. Oh yes. Oh no. Um, and so uh, yeah, that's where like what we think of when we think of fan fiction. That's the type of fan fiction that we're thinking about, but. People just writing stories because they really got into something is fairly normal. A lot of Sherlock Holmes stories were written after Arthur Conan Doyle killed him and killed him because everyone wanted him to write more Sherlock Holmes stories. And he's like, I don't want to write more of these stories, so screw it. He goes to uh, meet Moriarty on a cliff and, oh no, he fell. He dead. (laughs) Or is he? So did he get at home? Well, yes, because then people wrote more Sherlock Holmes stories after the fact because Sherlock Holmes was a popular character. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> but uh, there is a couple things I did want to talk about here since you did mention cinematography. Yes. Uh, what did you think about the scenery that they used? Like, I'm talking about locations.
2: Uh, They did have a fairly good variety considering the fact that it was a small town. I've seen enough shows in small towns where the cinematography is just gas stations, sheriff's office, prairies. So it was nice actually having multiple locations, like the crow's nest, the forest, a couple different houses in different states of disrepair. It was nice. concrete factory. Yeah. Concrete factory. It was nice that they provided just that extra little bit of visual stimulation especially because you you can get away with a lack of like scenery and visual stuff if it's an in-depth character study like uh, but this was not that yeah like the cube or something like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. or um ex machina but in something you're gonna have to watch that that's a good movie (laughs) but yeah in something where you know it's a big kind of all-encompassing story it is good that they, yeah, had that extra bit of stimulation.
1: Again, it really reminded me of Silent Hill, um, both the movie and the original PlayStation One, PlayStation Two games, um, which they're remaking number two. Yes, yes, that's right. As <laughs> As in, Konami pay us our money, we sponsored you. <laughs> At the time of this recording, they just announced that remake.
2: <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was something that kind of jumped out to me. must've been around episode four or five where I, I all of a sudden was just sitting there going, you could name this character Harry and he had, and instead of his, uh, his child being Lily, and her name is Cheryl instead, and we're literally doing the first Silent Hill in terms of all of the different locations that they go to and then the other world stuff that they were doing. It was, I, I say that lovingly because I was just like, I like this. This is working.
0: I would argue it would actually be closer to number two, whereas instead if he's
1: the main character
0: looking for his wife, he's looking for his brother. Yeah. Because it did literally call him, or
1: his brother did that's literally true. call that's him true. to come back to his hometown. That's actually, that's a good point. That's a good point. But still, though. Almost, in,
0: as, point, as, almost as much of a point as Pyramid
1: Head. <laughs> yeah. You know, now that I think about it, with the whole tooth child and everything, yeah, I guess Silent Hill 2 would be a better. Um, a little bit of a better fit. Yeah, a bit of a better fit than Silent Hill. But still, you you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So good, great. What do you guys
0: think about the direction and the pacing of the film?
1: Like I said, or, or like series, like, not like we've series. all kind of said, first episode took its time. I will say that this is
0: one of two of the seasons that starts kinda
2: of slow. This one in the third season started pretty slow. I can usually tell based on how much I check my phone during the show if the pacing is off. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't checking my phone much for this. So that means the pacing was good because, yeah, if it's not grabbing attention in some way, I'm like, oh, let's check, oh, let's check my phone. Let's check what this is. I wasn't really doing that for this. So they, they kept it at a decent pace. Like they weren't spoon feeding you the information, but they weren't withholding everything. They were, A steady drip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a little one of those little uh, hamster feeders. Those don't They're not supposed to drip I don't know I have sickly hamsters <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean if you want A slow drip Wouldn't that be more like um, A percolator Or something For your coffee
0: Oh, no, those drip Pretty fast I was thinking Do More they? about the okay. uh, The water dripping In the mine shafts Of Turtle Mountain Turtle Mountain Yeah that's the Big landslide That happened Like 115 oh. years ago Or whatever Oh
2: right Frank
1: slide Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Alberta reference.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just in case we forget where we're from.
0: <laughs> Just in case. Special effects. What do you feel about the special effects of this
1: movie? Because there's actually quite a bit of it if you weren't paying attention. You, know, you didn't notice it. Well, I would say <sighs> that I didn't really notice it because I thought most of it was practical stuff. There was a good portion of practical in there, but there is actually a lot of special effects things that you may not have caught. I'm going to assume a lot of it had to do with candle cove itself
0: a little bit of that but yeah. there's
1: also parts like when um mike's daughter
0: walks through the tv yeah right that was very well done as far as i'm concerned like yeah, yeah they did blur it out they, but it they was cheated seamless. in list
1: they <laughs> cheated that really well And that was one thing that I had thought as I was watching it is that the way they angled it and then they have it just out of focus enough that I said, now we can't actually tell how good or bad that effect was because all
2: we see is her walking through the TV. Which is good. It was subtle. They weren't over-reliant on the special effects. Yeah. I'm a real sucker for practical effects because they typically look better. Obviously it's hard to do a practical effect of like, you know, a spaceship crashing into the pyramids or something, but oh, like, I'm sure you can do something with models.
1: Just look at uh yeah. just think about all the stuff but, from Star Wars Episode 4, you know? That's all
2: models. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why I'm a sucker for the practical effects, because <laughs> they do look so much better for so many things. Like Tooth Monster. Tooth
1: Monster. Tooth, Tooth Child looked really Tooth good. Child.
2: Mm-hmm. Um that, uh, what was that, A uh, skin taker. Uh, the skin taker. S- the skin that, taker yeah. looked good. Um, oh, right. The apparition that lit itself on fire. Like, there were a lot of things that could have looked goofy, but they looked good. Like, you could tell that was real fire on that guy. Because CGI flames still aren't that good. No, it's very no. difficult to yeah. do that well. Same with like the shading and that. You
0: can usually tell when something's off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, their use of their special effects, which does include uh, normal effects, just not digital effects, right? The, or uh, physical effects. Yeah. It was outstanding. And this is just a love letter to show hey, look, you can do this well. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. need to introduce computers into it. <laughs> I would
1: say the thing that really got me was more of all of the physical violence, we'll say. Uh, especially any time teeth were getting pulled. Yes,
2: the body (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) there was was some body horror in there. Both Gareth and I, we gave us the willies real bad. Yeah, while I was watching it, I told the other guys, I've had 17 teeth pulled over the course of my life. So I'm very familiar with the sounds of pliers on teeth. I'm really
0: surprised, though, you take the willies from it, not the teeth.
1: Uh, as soon as i said that i was just like oh god what's he gonna say now that i've said this <laughs> and so uh,
0: i think we can all agree we talked about score we talked about pacing let's talk about the next thing that we did have a few gripes with but at the same time it does still kind of work i think let's talk about dialogue what do you guys feel about the dialogue Especially around the main character. Some people have said things he would say and do. Oh.
2: <laughs> when you're trying to convince somebody you're not crazy, yelling, I'm not crazy, while staring with wide eyes is not the best option. When someone asks you, where were you last night? And your response is, I'm not crazy. You could have just said where you were last night. And they would have been like, okay, well, that's what a not crazy person would say.
1: If I'm like, hey, Miles, where
2: were you? And you started yelling at me. My hands are up here. I'd I'd be like, that's not normal. If I ask my kid how she's feeling and she says, I can't stay in this body for long, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of of situations that could have been avoided. People just spoke like people. Obviously, it would have affected the plot if the characters all acted normal, but... um, I yeah. I feel, in a sense, that it's less that the
1: people saying those things could have explained themselves better. I feel that, in some ways, it may have been a little bit more on the people responding to them to just be like, Can you rephrase that, please? Because I'm not sure I understand what you mean.
2: Okay, when the lady was asking, like, five times where my painter was the night before, and he keeps saying... I'm not crazy. Yes, uh, she she did give him many chances to say where he was the night before. Sure,
1: that ex. Yes, Cons- that that situation. The fact ab- yes, that- he's an
2: acclaimed child psychologist. He's very familiar with what crazy people act like, and he chose to hit every one of those points. Perhaps because he also
1: realized that other people would not respond the way that a trained professional would to try to go around and get the actual information that they want.
2: So, so, sorry, he knew... I'm giving would,
1: him the benefit of the doubt he, here. He yes, knew I they have. wouldn't
2: react like professionals, so he acted crazier? Absolutely. God, is this I'm is saying. the worst psychologist. Keep him away from my kids. <laughs> you are <laughs> you kids. You're
0: missing one very important thing, though. He was doing this to keep people away from him because he knew he had to try to figure out what's going on because nobody could get that close to it.
1: See? Told you. I feel like so many of
2: <laughs> No, I feel, no. That's not a whim. So many of the situations can be avoided by just doing things the proper way. Obviously, he would need to have the psychic battle with his brother in the end, but, you know.
1: I mean, there the psychic are...
2: battle he wouldn't be able to win because he's not psychic. His brother was. His brother did say, it's our world, we share this
0: world. That's only the small pocket dimension that he was talking about.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure once his brother worked out the mechanics of how the world works, that could have been uneven. That could have been uneven part why would he do that? <laughs> why would why Mike would learn how the world no, works? No,
0: why would Eddie do that? Why would Eddie put himself on an equal ground with his brother? Well, mother? no, I'm not saying Eddie would allow
2: <laughs> it. I'm saying if it's a true pocket dimension shared between them perfectly as identical twins... Yeah, and who said it was? What did. he do? And he said it was our world. Yeah, because he built it for both of them. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> Mike, I feel like Mike could have found a workaround.
1: Alright, so that was something else that really got to me in the first well, I suppose in the second episode too, is uh, what the heck is the name of the bully? Was it uh, Gene? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Gene. I think you're right. And so the thing that got to me that I didn't really understand I mean, I do understand, but at the same time, it kind of annoys me more as someone who was the subject of bullying at that age was when he, um, it's Eddie. Which one is it? Is it Eddie or is it Mike that, uh, that gets their finger broken? Eddie. It's Eddie. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know. It's There's... hard to
0: tell. They are identical twins.
1: <laughs> yes. And also, especially in those episodes, their mannerisms seemed really like just really odd at times. anyways, so when he goes to him and he's just like, "Oh, you know, you're such a, a an asshole and things like that." And you know, he pushes him and then Jean pushes him and then breaks his finger, and I'm sitting there going, "So this is just okay. Like, you get go to the police because you just got physically assaulted. But then, well, it's the 80s, so, you know, it it just got to me on a very interesting level because I sat there going, you know, that never happened to me, but I have a feeling that if I came home and I had a broken finger and, like, my parents knew who it was, yeah, there would probably be a lot of phone calls to family members and possibly even some like police involvement for assault, or brick through a window, so you know. Okay, or they're...
2: dead dog on the doorstep. Or...
1: Yeah, maybe send a
2: message. I mean,
0: let's be honest though; that dog was savage. It probably should have been put down.
2: At least it's not a pit bull. It,
1: it, was, was, no, it, it was. It was no. It was a rotweiler. Rod. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Roddy. I felt sorry for that dog because of the fact that it was brought up to be that way. It was. Absolutely. Dogs are not inherently going to chase after children the way it did. That's a, that's a learned thing. That's, that, you, they, the dog was trained to do that. To a
0: point. I mean there is some proof with uh, Border Collies, because a lot of them instinctually
1: can herd sheep without being taught. And will herd people too. Absolutely. <laughs> so. I'll just refrain
2: from pulling up the list of fatal dog attacks. <laughs> You'll see one breed very overrepresented.
1: Which is what? The chihuahuas. Pitbull or the Rottweiler? I have enough chihuahuas, this but topic.
2: they don't report <laughs> them.
1: Why do they not report Chihuahuas? Because <laughs> they're just small dogs. <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: And believe it or not, there's a lot of Chihuahua attacks, but it's never really reported. <laughs> Did you guys notice any symbolisms that happened in this one? Symbolism. Teeth are a symbol of mouths. <laughs>
1: Sure. Uh, you can go ahead and bite down on that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, is there something specific that you're trying to get out of us
0: no. for that? No, no I'm, okay. I'm literally asking you because I didn't really notice anything with this one other than like abandoned places and stuff like that.
2: At, and, the en- uh, at the end, the mom looks at the bird feeder with the woodpecker in a very serious way. I don't know if that was a sign from her son because she was looking at it as if it was something important. I think it was... She's mad because the that.
1: woodpecker is eating the food from the other... Like the nut hatches and things like that. You're a woodpecker, damn it. Go to the trees. That's where you get your food. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's almost like when squirrels go after the after the bird seed. Get away from there. That's not for you.
0: No, I was just wondering if you guys noticed anything. Because I didn't really notice too much with this one.
1: I don't feel you'll so... the... I felt everything was pretty on the nose. Like, they didn't try to hide anything. Don't you mean on the jaw? Sure, that too. (sighs) Yeah, I I suppose that too. Um, I I just mean more in the sense of even when it came to dialogue and everything, right? They were not subtle. No, I'll say that. So... So much so that I feel that I actually made a comment about that at certain points where I would just be like, oh, oh, there's such and such a thing, and then that literally happens, and it's like, okay, all right, this is the type of show, this is the type of writing that they're doing, which is fine. Sometimes there is no problem with uh, having no subtext whatsoever, and it's all for text. The second one has some pretty good
0: subtext, and if we get to that one, we'll, we'll get to that one. But Sweet. I do feel like the second... Season should be saved for maybe last. Okay, because
1: it is so good. Well, I mean, they're all they're all self contained, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we can jump around. Okay. Get up, get up, and get down. I felt it.
2: <laughs> felt
0: that one heavy in the air. <laughs> Would you say you could feel it calling at the no, end of night? <laughs> no. 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 Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs>
2: somebody oh, stop me God. i suffer for my art
0: <laughs> i suffer too don't worry <laughs> a lot of these just spill out it's not me actually saying them the miles
2: <laughs> hurt itself in its confusion
0: all the time i'm just gonna, used to this pain i so was gonna, gonna say <laughs>
1: you know we, we go and we pause the recording or something like that and then we'll come back 10 minutes later <laughs> He suffered alright. Uh, so, I'm gonna ask you guys
0: this then. Okay. Uh you liked the show. Yes. Would mm-hmm. you recommend this to other people?
2: I would recommend it. Yeah. I would recommend reading the creepypasta first, though. I feel like for these for this show, if everything is based on a creepypasta, I feel like you should go into it at least knowing the source material. Um I
1: would say perhaps understand what creepy pasta is as a genre and then even then i don't feel that you need to go and read a whole bunch of creepypastas to understand what's going on because otherwise this is just a it's a scary movie like we already talked about silent hill so and silent hill was like l- largely based off of jacob's ladder which you know probably has its own influences and things like that from before so and
0: it has the best chiropractor known to man. God,
1: woo! <laughs> Indeed, it does. And Indeed.
0: I can say that known to man because he is angelical. <laughs> because, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> well, he, he's, he's right. He's, yeah, it's not.
2: It's not funny. It's <laughs> not a
1: pun. It's.
2: I'm just. I'm. I'm on. I'm on like reflexive, defensive mode now. Uh, There have been so many rapid fire thrown at us. Wait, wait, wait. I need to build my own personal Maginot line. Are you you saying that you're a mirror? No, no, Maginot line. Your tanks cannot get past these tank traps. Don't think of a joke. I know you're (laughs) thinking. I know you're thinking. I'm not thinking. It just happens. Ah.
1: (laughs) That sounded like we need to get away from here before something disastrous happens. Uh, Disaster movie. What kind of disaster movie? No, you're opening
2: up more jokes. You're, no, there are too it's many openings. It's, it's not a joke. No. It's,
1: it's actually, uh, you know, like watching like Scary Movie 2. Oh, oh, oh. you know, they made oh, one oh, called Disaster Movie. Oh, so. oh, oh, right, right. Yeah. Yes, yes, right. I for, Yes, right, I forgot. So,
0: shall we conclude this then? I think we shall. And would indeed. you guys want to continue watching this?
1: Yes. Excellent. Yeah, I'm down for more. Sweet, let's set up a time.
0: After we end the episode. (laughs) And I guess that's going to be the end of it. Thanks for hanging out with us again, you guys. I'm your host, Miles. I'm Cam. And I'm Ranger Gareth. And we'll catch you next time.
1: See ya. Woo!